Pastor Xavier Reese and the True Path to Peace on today's Simple Truths. So exciting when you can live in the peace of God and you know you're not perfect, but you're doing your best to please Him. You're living the way you feel He wants you to. You're judging your life by the Word. You're doing what you can in terms of your brothers and sisters. And man, what a peace you have. You put your head in the pillow at night, man, and sweet sleep, the psalmist says. It's a great heritage. Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. Many men and women are quick to proclaim their allegiance to God, but the Lord continues to search for those who are willing to serve Him with a whole heart, one that is willing to pay the price of complete surrender and dependence upon Him. And so Pastor Xavier introduces us to such a person in today's Simple Truths, verse-by-verse study and tells us what we must do to follow likewise. We'll begin in the book of 1 Chronicles chapter 18 for today's lesson from the Old Testament. Let's listen. Now in chapter 18, we get some of David's further conquests. He took all the spoil. And in verse 11, it says, King David also dedicated these to the Lord, along with the silver and gold that he had brought from all these nations from Edom, from Moab, from the people of Ammon, and the Philistines, and the Amalek. Moreover, Abishai, the son of Zariah, killed 18,000 Edomites in the valley of Saul. He also put garrisons in Edom and all the Edomites because David's servants. And the Lord preserved David wherever he went. And so we see that David was a very benevolent man. He wasn't just conquering to make himself more wealthy. But he took all the spoils and he dedicated them to the temple of the Lord for the temple which his son Solomon would build. It's always interesting when a man is blessed by God financially. It's always interesting to see what that man or how that man responds materially towards the work of God. Sometimes people get greedy and they think that they... God's just blessed them because they're such good Christians. But it's interesting that a person who really walks with God acknowledges God in everything. And David was this type of man. And he dedicated all these things to the work of the temple. I think Jesus gave us the proper principle as he looked upon the court area and some of the Pharisees were giving of their substance And then one woman came and she gave two mites. And he turned to his disciples and says, They have given of their surplus, but she has given of her livelihood. She has given more than they all. Verse 14 through 17, we get some of the men that David placed over his kingdom. The kingdom is expanding. He put Joab as his military general in verse 15. Zadok and Abiatab and Abimelech as a priest in verse 16. Some of the um, diplomats there in verse 17, and he appoints some of his sons also. In chapter 19, now it happened that after this, that Naash, the king of the people of Ammon, died, and his son reigned in his place. And David says, I will show kindness to Hunan, the son of Naash, because his father showed kindness to me. So David sent messengers to comfort him concerning his father, 
And the servants of David came to Hunan in the land of the people of Ammon to comfort him. And the princes and the people of Ammon said to Hunan, Do you think that David really honors your father because he has sent comforters to you? Did his servants not come to you to search and to overthrow and to spy out the land? Therefore Hunan took David's servants, shaved them, cut off their garments in the middle of their buttocks, and sent them away. I think he insulted them. The word for kindness is interesting. It's the word hesed. It's a very key word of the Old Testament. It's the loving kindness that is used for God when he made a covenant with Israel. There was a covenant between David and this king. And David was showing his love and his compassion for what had happened. And yet, through the counsel of these men, his son added to his own hurt. Take heed of who you take counsel from. After Solomon's death, his son Rehoboam reigned. And the people said, listen, relieve us of taxes. Your father overtaxed us. We will serve you. The older men under Solomon said to his son Rehoboam, relieve them and they will serve you. Rehoboam went to his young friends and they said, hey, you give them an inch, they'll want a mile. Tell them that you're not going to relieve them. As a matter of fact, you're going to oppress them even a little more. And because of that, the kingdom was rent from him. When you go to seek counsel, make sure you seek counsel of people who are going to stretch you and challenge you and hold you accountable. Make sure you're not going to go to people who are going to tell you what you want to hear. That's one of the reasons why people go from counselor to counselor, because they don't hear what they want to hear. And so they keep going till they find one. As people, we really don't like to hear the truth. And so make sure that you have someone that you know is going to confront you and make you accountable and give you God's truth. And that will be one who loves you. Faithful are the wounds of a friend, the scripture says, but deceitful are the kisses of a friend. I would rather have you confront me than just to be a yes man because you don't want to upset me. We have to hold one another accountable. And so here now, in verse 5, then some went down and told David about the men. And he sent to meet them because the men were greatly ashamed. And the king said, wait at Jericho until your beards have grown and then return. Then the people of Amnon saw that they had made uh, themselves repulsive to David. And Hunan and the people of Amnon sent a thousand talents of silver to hire for themselves chariots and horsemen from Mesopotamia, from Syrian Maca, and from Zobah. And they hired for themselves 32,000 chariots with the kings of Maka and his people, and they came in and encamped before Mediba. Also the people of Mamnon gathered together from their cities, and they came to battle. And when David heard of it, he sent Joab and all the armies and the mighty men, and the people of Amnon came out, and they put themselves in battle array before the gate of the city, and the kings who had come were by themselves in the field. And when Joab saw that the battle line was set against him before and behind, he chose some of the choice men of Israel and put them in the battle array against the Syrians. And the rest of the people he put under the command of Abishai, his brother, and they set themselves in battle array against the people of Amnon. And he said, If the Syrians are too strong for me, then you shall help me. But if the people of Amnon are too strong for you, then I will help you. Be of good cheer, and let us be strong for our people and for the cities of our God. And may the Lord do what is good in his sight. And so Joab and the people, in verse 14, 
who were with him drew near to the battle against the Syrians, and they fled before him. And when the people of Amnon saw that the Syrians were fleeing, they also fled before Abishai. And so they entered the cities, and Joab went back to Jerusalem. And when the Syrians saw in verse 16 that they had been defeated by Israel, they sent messengers, and they brought the Syrians who were beyond the river, and they became actually their, um, their servants. And verse 17 says that when it was told David, he gathered all of Israel, crossed over the Jordan. He came upon them. He set in battle array against them. And so when David had set up the battle array against the Syrians, they fought with him. And um, David killed 7,000 chariters and 40,000 foot soldiers of the Syrians. And in verse 19 it says that they became David's servants. And so God was giving David great victory. But it was God who was giving David the victory. One of the dangers of being a Christian is that God does so much for us and He does so much fighting for us that we can lose sight and think that it's us instead of God. And all of a sudden, by God's grace and by God's sovereignty, He just decides to bless and to use that individual tremendously. And then before long, the individual starts holding seminars on how to make your church grow, keys and methods on how to make your church grow, as if he was the one who made the church grow. The Bible says that God added to the church daily such as should be saved. Now, uh, they have today uh, church science, church growth, all kinds of methods on how to make your church grow. I think they're interesting observations. I think we can learn from some of those things, but God forbid that we should depend upon those things. God asks of the church daily such as should be saved. The trick is to stay out of the way. And when people come and say, well, well how did you do it? I mean, how, how, how did you get all these people to come? And, and how is it that your ministry has grown? You say, well, the Lord just did it. No, 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 I know that, but I mean, how, how, what, you know. They just can't accept that. It's too simple. It doesn't give glory to man. And so therefore they look for a method. And they come up with one. God asks to the church, such as should be saved. Our responsibility is to make sure we teach the Word of God. We're doing all that we can to reach out to the people of the community in every way we can, to pray and to equip the people of God. And God will take care of the rest. Because if you have to strive to attain, then you have to strive to maintain, and that can get awfully tiresome. <laughs> It's better to leave the church alone and let God take care of it. In chapter 20, And it happened in the spring of the year at the time of kings go out to battle that Joab led out the, armed, out the armed forces and ravaged the country of the people of Ammon and came and besieged Reba. But David stayed at Jerusalem and Joab defeated Reba and overthrew it. Now, here in chapter 20 we get the parallel passage in 2 Samuel chapter 12. And in the chapter before that, it was in the time when kings went out to battle that David stayed at Jerusalem and he went out on his porch and he saw Bathsheba bathing. The Chronicles do not mention the sin of David because we shared in our beginning study that the Chronicles' emphasis is through the eyes of God. God does not defend David he just chooses to show David as he sees each of us here. When we repent, the sin is never mentioned again. <laughs> Ever again. He buries it. 
He cast it as far as east as from the west. What a glorious promise. So exciting when you can live in the peace of God and you know that you're doing your best to please Him. You're not perfect, but you're doing your best to please Him. You're living the way you feel He wants you to. You're judging your life by the Word. You're doing what you can in terms of your brothers and sisters. And man, what a peace you have. You put your head in the pillow at night, man, and sweet sleep, the psalmist says. <laughs> it's great. That's a great inheritance. That's a great heritage. And so this is that time. So God doesn't mention it because when we ask forgiveness, it's totally blotted out. Now David took their kings, verse 2 says, the crown from their heads, found it the weight of the talent of gold, and there were precious stones in it. And it was set on David's head, and also he brought it to the spoil of the city with great abundance. And he brought out the people who were in it, and he put them to work with saws and irons and picks and axes. And so David did all, did to all the cities of the people of Ammon, and David and all the people returned to Jerusalem. Now, from verse 4 to verse 8, we get the record there of um, some of the brothers of um, Goliath. And they had a little scrimmage with him also. They wiped them out. Now, in chapter 21, he says, Now Satan stood up against Israel and moved David to number Israel. We find this phrase also in Zechariah 3.1, when Satan stood up. The references stood up to tempt. The book of Job, chapter 1, verse 6, tells us that Satan has access to the throne of God. And he went before the throne of God to plead for Job. Or better yet, God is the one that solicited. He says, have you considered my servant Job? Satan has access. I don't know why. But it seems that he's there. And at times he is used by God as an instrument to test us. To see if we are going to depend upon God. It is interesting that the chronology here is that this happened after David's great victories. We are most vulnerable to Satan's deceptions and traps after the greatest victories of our life because we think we're so strong. We've got it together. Hey, I did it. Hey, I've got it together. I finally caught on. And all of a sudden, Satan comes by and he throws a curve to us. The basis of numbering the people was pride. The reason you numbered people was to find out your military might. So David said to Joab and to the leaders of the people, Go number Israel from Beersheba to Dan and bring the number of them to me that I may know it. And Joab answered, May the Lord make his people a hundred times more than they are. But my lord the king, are they not all my lord's servant? Why then does my lord require this thing? Why should he be a cause of guilt in Israel? Nevertheless, the king's word prevailed against Joab. Therefore Joab departed and went throughout all Israel and came to Jerusalem. Joab was trying to discourage David. David would not have it. Joab obeyed. He took the census. He returned, and he says, All Israel had 1,100,000 men who drew the sword, and Judah had 470,000 men who drew the sword. But he did not count the Levites and Benjamin among them. David blew it. Pride, wanting to depend upon your own might. You know, God told Gideon there's too many, and he took them from 32,000 to 300. <laughs> God does not need numbers. God can do a tremendous work through a few. And so we have to always remember that God is not dependent upon multitudes or upon might. 
but upon his spirit. And so verse 7 says, God was displeased with this thing, and therefore he struck Israel. And so David said to God, I have sinned greatly. The account in Samuel's in chapter 24 says that David was convicted of this. He said, I have sinned greatly because I have done this thing, but now I pray, take away this, the iniquity of your servant, for I have done very foolishly. And the Lord spoke to Gad, David's seer. He was a prophet, saying, Go and tell David, saying, Thus saith the Lord, I offer you three things. Choose one of them for yourself, that I may do it to you. So Gad came to David, and he said to him, Thus saith the Lord, choose for yourself either three years of famine or three months to be defeated by your foes with the sword of your enemies overtake you, or else three days the sword of the Lord, the plague in the land with the angel of the Lord destroying throughout all the territory of Israel. Now consider what answer I should take back to him who sent me. That's a heavy decision. But listen to what David says and mark it well. And David said to Gad, I am in great distress. Please let me fall into the hands of the Lord, for his mercies are very great, but do not let me fall into the hand of man. Listen to what Paul says. The more I love you, the less I be loved. We're vicious as people. And as long as everything is going well, everybody's so neat. But just let the trials begin. Let the testing begin. And man, are we like a weather vane. Zoom! We turn with the wind. And so the Lord sent a plague upon Israel, and 70,000 men of Israel fell. And God sent an angel to Jerusalem to destroy it. As he destroyed, the Lord looked and relented of the disaster and said to the angel who was destroying, It is enough. Now restrain your hand. And the angel of the Lord stood by the threshing floor of Ornan, the Jebusite, then David lifted his eyes, and he saw the angel of the Lord standing between earth and heaven, having his hand on his, and his sword drawn, stretched out over Jerusalem. And so David and the elders, clothed in sackcloth, fell on their faces. Can you imagine that awesome sight? David and the elders were all in sackcloth and ashes and praying, repentant. And David said to God, Was it not I who commanded the people to be numbered? I am the one who has sinned and done evil indeed. But these sheep, what have they done? Let your hand, I pray, O Lord my God, be against me and my father's house, but not against your people, that they should be plagued. Here is a shepherd's heart. Here's a shepherd's heart. He cared for the sheep. He confessed the sin. He was willing to receive the consequences. But you know what? As much as we want to when we sin... We hurt a lot of innocent people. No man sins to himself. You commit adultery on your wife, you destroy her and your children. You become dishonest at your job, you lose it, you affect your family. None of us sin without consequences in others' lives. And often, people that are innocent receive the repercussion of the decisions we make. Such was the case with David. Then the angel of the Lord commanded God to say to David, that David should go and erect the altar of the Lord at the threshing floor of Ornan. So David went up at the word of Gad. Verse 20, now Ornan turned and he saw the angel and his four sons who were with him, and they hid themselves. <laughs> Scary sight. Verse 21, King David came to Ornan. Ornan looked and he saw David. 
He went out of the threshing floor and he bowed down to David in the face of the ground. And David said, Ornan, grant me the place at this threshing floor that I may build an altar unto the Lord. You shall grant it to me at the full price that the plague may be withdrawn from the people. And Ornan said to David, I take it for yourself and let my Lord the king do what is good in his eyes. Look, I also give you the ox and the burnt offering and the threshing implements for wood and the wheat. Take everything. But listen to what verse 24 says. Then King David said to Ornan, No, but I will surely buy it for the full price, for I will not take what is yours from the Lord, nor offer burnt offering with that which cost me nothing. People always ask him about giving to the Lord. David had one principle at heart, that he would not give anything to the Lord that didn't cost him. Part of our problem with giving is that we always want to give as long as it doesn't cost us. God does not look upon how much I give. God looks upon how much it costs me. Too often we have our eyes on the amount that we give. God has his eyes on the amount that it costs us. Isn't that the same principle of the woman with the two mites? And so perhaps we make whatever amount and we write out a check and when we look at that portion, man, that's a lot of money. But when we put it next to the proportion that we have left, perhaps it isn't. And that's what God looks at. And so we have to be careful how we view our giving. God is a debtor to no man. God needs not our money. We need God. And yet he has allowed us to be privileged enough to partake of his work and to give to him only a portion of the great measure that he has given to us. And so we need to lift our heart to the Lord wherever you go. Not only money, but give of your time. Give of yourself. Because the only thing that's going to last when Jesus returns is what you did for Jesus. Everything else is going to be wood, hay, and stubble. And so David says he wouldn't give anything to God that didn't cost him. And so verse 25, So David gave Ornan 600 shekels of gold by a weight of, for the place. And David built there an altar to the Lord, and he offered burnt offering and peace offering. He answered him from heaven with fire to the altar and burnt offering. Then the Lord commanded the angel, and he returned the sword to his sheath. At that time, when David saw that the Lord had answered him on the threshing floor of Ornan, the Jebusite, he sacrificed there for the tabernacle of the Lord and the altar of the burnt offering. And Moses had made in the wilderness were at the time at the high place at Gibeon. But David could not go before it to inquire of God, for he was afraid of the sword of the angel of the Lord. And so we see God, his grace, his loving kindness, never to reject us. I mean, he's always there. You know, Satan will condemn you and he'll say, man, you've blown it, man. You know, he, you know God's not going to forgive you. God is there to love you and to forgive you. And when you blow it, man, get it right. Get right with God and get back in the fellowship and keep your relationship right. And stay in the light and the love of Jesus Christ. Make sure that you can look upon your life and see all kinds of altars that you've built to the Lord. Time when you fellowship Him, time when you confess to Him, time when you're examining your life so that you can please God. Quite a guy, David. Heaven's going to be a real interesting place. I hope you're familiar with the characters of the Bible so when you get up there you can at least identify them. As you go through the Old Testament, Make sure you apply these lessons. Don't just take them to pick on the people, but apply them to your life. Because we make the same mistakes. We have the same shortcomings. And um, the New Testament says that these things are written for our admonition, for our learning. 
as we come to the very same place. And certainly none of us are excluded from uh, the shortcomings of David nor the men that surrounded him. Pastor Xavier Reese, with some encouraging simple truths to live by for what it takes to follow God with your whole heart. Now today's message has been titled 1 Chronicles chapters 16 through 21 and is available on CD for just $4. And by the way, we'll be able to include everything Pastor Xavier shared with us the last time we were together as well. The title to ask for once again is 1 Chronicles chapters 16 through 21. Or you can simply mention today's date. You can request your copy by writing Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Or to make your request by phone, call 800-926-1485. Again, that's 800-926-1485. Or the address once again is Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And thanks for mentioning the call letters of this station when you get in touch. This helps us track the effectiveness of this ministry in your area. And then join us for more Simple Truths next time with Pastor Xavier Reese. Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese, a daily half-hour broadcast, is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. www.calvarychapelpasadena.com